It's been a busy week, Chris Walby. Western final set to go Sunday afternoon right here in Winnipeg at IG Field. Thanks for joining us on Bonfire Sports. Darren Bombing, the legendary Chris Walby, right there, as always. Thanks yep. for joining us. Thanks for uh, liking and subscribing on YouTube. Oh, and we've been getting great response too, Chris, uh, on social media as of late, not just Twitter, but Instagram as well. Phenomenal turnout for our first Instagram contest. Big congratulations to Brianna Valerie and her fiance. He subscribed on YouTube, so they got five bonus entries. She entered on Instagram, and well, they're going to the game. They got some primo lower bowl seats right around oh, yeah. the 20-yard line. They'll be able to see the Blue Bombers bench. Uh, shout out to Lucas at the CFL for those tickets, and congratulations to them. Uh, they're going to be amongst 30,000-plus Chris, before we get yeah. into the X's and O's, the lineups and everything else, as we always do here on Game Day Winnipeg, let's talk about the atmosphere expected. A little bit of a chilly afternoon for a Western <sighs> final. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I mean, they're calling for snow. I love it. As a former player, that was it always was exciting when you get to play this time of year when you got snowflakes and snow coming down. I mean, it's going to be a little crisp. But having said that, you know, you don't even think about that. I mean, I remember playing and we put the Vaseline and heat on our arms and do anything we could because, uh, you know, we had the tradition back then where we wouldn't wear sleeves. And, uh, you know, it got cold sometimes. And I still remember I, I had grease on my arms and some guy that I was playing against, uh, he put thumbtacks in his gloves. And as he was going across my arms, he was just ready to just basically rip my arms apart. Uh, and they made him take his gloves off. And, uh, you know, they came over to me and they were going, what about you, man? Uh, he says, you're greased up. I said, hey, I'm just fat. I'm sweating. So, <laughs> so he let me go. But, yeah, it was uh, it's crazy. So, you, you know what? We had a week off. We got to watch the Calgary, Saskatchewan, Hamilton, uh, you know, Montreal game. I missed it, man, for one week. I mean, we've been doing this every week for the whole season. And that was a really interesting buy. But I got to enjoy by watching both games. Yeah. Watching Saskatchewan, as we say, uh, Boy, I tell you what, you're looking at that one. We're, we're going to get into the X and O's, but the Bombers are ripe. They're just, they're ready to go, man. They're rocking and rolling and healthy. And we'll have to talk about a couple maybes that'll play. You think he might? I'm not sure if he will, but he probably will because, well, we're talking about Andrew Harris, so go yes, ahead. Andrew Harris. Yeah, you know, you teed it up, Chris Walby. All eyes will be on 33 this week. And it's been interesting watching the week go by it was roughly 45 days when he stepped on the practice field on yep. wednesday and he even admitted afterwards as we got a chance to talk to andrew harris for the first time in nearly seven weeks that he did not run at all during that time he said 50 days it was like 46 47 whatever yeah. it was to not run at all he said he was in the gym and in the pool and and you know doing jacob's ladder uh, in the facility at ig field working tirelessly with trainers and um you know uh, the uh, the doctors and the medical staff yeah. um this is just how i see it chris he's 34 years old okay yeah the bombers are likely to win this game and go to the gray cup but I feel like they've just been sitting him down, biding their time, and he's probably said, look, Mike, coach, I'm okay sitting down here while I recover from this injury, but when it comes to playoffs, you're yeah. going to have to you know, steal my shoes to not have me out on the field. I don't even know if that would stop Andrew Harris right now. No. This could be his last game. I don't think it will be, but it could be. How do you keep him out of the lineup? And and that's the, the, the feather in the 
Blue Bombers hat, Chris, you can go to Brady Oliveira. You can go to Johnny Augustine. Great yeah. one-two punch in their own right. You even have Nick Dembski as a kind of fail-safe third yep, option. Absolutely. So dress them all and see what happens. But I think you would have to really fight Andrew Harris to not be on the field on Sunday. Well, I think you hit it on the head, you know, and, and part of me is thinking, you know, why would he sit? And the only reason he would sit is if the club felt seriously that he would probably not be 100% and would not be able to contribute. Because as you mentioned, the two guys you mentioned before, Johnny Augustine and Brady Oliveira have done well in his replacement. But having said that, Andrew brings a whole new dynamic when he's back in that offense. For not even so much the fact that he runs so well, great blocker. Mm-hmm. and knows his assignments. Like, he just knows if there's a blitz coming, he knows how to pick it up all the time. He's very rarely wrong. And I agree with you, DB. If this is, I don't say it's his last game, but I but I would say this. I think he thinks about it. What if, what if something exactly. happens, upsets, and that would be an upset, the Bombers, he would not want to be the guy sitting on his sideline saying, I never even had a chance to play in that game. So, yeah, you know you're going to see 33 out there. Um and you know the adrenaline. Adrenaline is another thing, too. You know, it's like oh, yeah. you, know, you get jacked up. You're ready to go. And sometimes you can't feel it, you know. And, uh, I mean, I remember, you know, when I played my last game in Winnipeg, I, I didn't even want – I was the guy that didn't want to play because it was a meaningless game, and yet I went and got a shot in my knee to kill the pain and end up hurting myself. I don't know. He, he's probably ready, as you say, Jacob's ladder running, probably a ton of bike work with trainer Alcatcher. Right. He's, you know, if he says he's ready – then I believe he's ready. Now, they probably didn't practice him Friday because why? He knows the offense. Yeah. They've been doing this. This is O'Shea's thing, mantra, the whole year has been, I will sit out the guys. I just want them ready game day. I, in the beginning of the year, I was against this. It's like, no, it's going to hurt. Well, I stand corrected. I say I say this you know, on our Bonfire Sports. I guess there is a new philosophy of keeping players healthy and be able to perform at peak performance come game time it's interesting you mentioned philosophy some of andrew harris's teammates described him as having a phd of experience in canadian football so you know does he need to practice no no Uh, and and that philosophy the blue bombers have of resting guys when they need it not pushing them through practice knowing that they will show up and play michael shea stated it you know pretty clearly this week as he really has every week for seven years that it's hard for his team to not get up for a game. This whole rest versus rest debate, I don't see that being a factor in any way, shape, or form. The way I've described it, the screws are tight. The Blue Bombers know, and I mean mentally their screws are tight. They know what to do when that gun fires, when that whistle blows, when that ball is kicked off, when that ball is snapped. They know their job, they know their role, and the way Mike O'Shea always puts it, is you're not playing for you. You're not playing for just the W on your helmet or the blue and gold on your chest. You're playing for the guy next to you, and he's playing for the guy next to him, and they're all playing for each other. That's the motivation they have to really step out on the field and from week to week play their best football. And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of that. Um, We've seen that clearly in 2021. Uh, We'll mention this. Speaking of guys not practicing and ensuring their bodies are right. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat is officially a game time decision or officially questionable for the West final, as is Mike Miller. I expect both of those guys to play. Both of them did enough in my eyes in practice that they're yeah. going to be good to go. This is the really impressive thing. 
the Blue Bombers have their ideal lineup for the most important game of the year. Yeah. Everybody's available. And well, if you're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I think you got to, you know, find something to turn the tides your way. I don't think you can go head to head against this Blue Bombers team and just win. You got to find, um, you know, a wrinkle or an X factor or an intangible that's going to swing the yeah. game in Saskatchewan's favor. There is an X factor that affects both teams, and that's going to be the weather. I watched the Western final today where Western, or the Vanier Cup, excuse me, where Western yeah. beat uh, the University of Saskatchewan. I think that's where they are. That's right. uh, what a great game. But the field conditions in Quebec City were awful. I mean, that was ice on the field. Guys are slipping all over. That is the intangible you have to take into consideration. It's it's calling for snow. It's calling for go. You know, it's always windy here. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys handle the elements and the punting and the field position and all those other things. You know, Cody Fajardo likes to take off. The quarterback for Saskatchewan likes to use his legs. Second leading rusher for Saskatchewan. Actually, against Calgary, he was the leading rusher in that semifinal win. So I fully expect the Bombers are going to try and keep him in that pocket. But I know as an old XO lineman, when it's really slippery out there, it gives the offensive line and pass pro a little bit of, of, a, of a break because you can't, these guys can't really get off the field. But mind you, the footwear, and I've heard they've done a fantastic job at IG Field, getting that field ready uh, every day, brushing it, making sure that it's at prime position, uh, you know, for this game. So, but I always think the weather is one thing that you can't control that might control what you do. It's amazing to think that if this game was 48 hours earlier, it would be absolutely beautiful, yes. quote unquote, winter conditions, even though we're officially still in fall here uh, in Southern Manitoba. But this cold front is coming in. It will strike uh, Monday and, and Sunday yes. night through the, the nighttime hours. So the winds are going to be significant. They expect gusts between 50 and 70 kilometers an hour. Chris, we know playoff games are always going to rely on the kicking game, not just field goals, but kickoffs as well and kick yep. coverages. Um, special teams, no doubt, will be a, a huge factor uh, in this game. You mentioned Cody Fajardo and his ability to do it with his arm and his legs. Duke Williams, as you see on the ticker there, also a game-time decision. Game time, yeah. Toe is bothering him. Um, but the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have a ton of offensive weaponry in the receiving core, in Kean yep. Schaefer-Baker, one of your favorites, I know, Chris, uh, in Shaq Evans, uh, in uh, Brendan Lenius, uh, another Canadian. But then William Powell and Cody Fajardo and they like to use fullbacks in Saskatchewan as well. They like to run the RPO or the run pass option. I'm watching the Blue Bombers in practice this week, Chris. The defensive ends and the linebackers practicing discipline to not yep. bite too early on the quarterback going to the edge or the tailback going to the edge because that run pass option gives Cody Fajardo the ability to either give it to Powell, take it himself, or even throw the ball downfield. So discipline is going to be critical for this Blue Bombers defense. And one of the things that you just hit on, and I'm going to expand on just a touch more, is when you got a quarterback that likes to utilize his legs to stretch the pocket from sideline to sideline, that puts the defensive end, whether it's Willie Jefferson, Jonathan Kongbo, or Jackson Jeffco, whoever's over there, in a bind. You right. don't want to let him get outside of you, right? So if that means now I've got to make sure I'm on the outside contain, which opens up the run game. It really does. So if I'm Saskatchewan, I want to stretch that, uh, that field side to side to get those ends coming up a little wider to allow the running game of William Powell or whoever's going to carry the ball for Saskatchewan to exploit that guard tackle, you know, opening. So 
Um, you know, they 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 didn't run the ball a whole lot against the Bombers. The Bombers did a great job in the two games we played. But I want to say this. I'm looking at the roster right now, and I went back and looked at the roster from September 11th, the Banjo Bowl, the last time these two teams met. There's eight different players on the defense right now for Saskatchewan. Eight. Ed Ganey didn't play. A.C. Leonard didn't play. They got two new guys in the corner and a big a target, big defensive corner, uh, Jeremy Clark and Damon Webb at the halfback. Uh, you've got their Mike, oh, Mika, Micah, Micah uh, Teets is out. They've got a new kid in there from uh, South Florida, Nigel Harris. Uh, but I think the big one will be, and I, we talked about Duke Williams with the turf toe, A.C. Leonard with a hip, 50-50. That guy led, I'm blown away. Listen, I'm not trying to be a homeowner here, but I'm just going to say, the guy had 11 sacks, 41 tackles, two forced fumbles, and interception. Not an all-star? Right. I I, I just kind of, sorry, I, and this is where I get into that thing where, you know, I think that the fact that he did that, you know, failed to provide a urine test uh, earlier in the year really hurt. And that's, you know, it's almost and like... Then, well, and don't forget, that, he, got an, he got an extra game because he was disrespectful yes. to that doping official. Oh, don't that, tell me that didn't affect... Almost, that's almost as egregious as, as the refusing yep. to provide a sample. Well, and that's My the thing, opinion. right? So, I mean, it tells you anything, how you conduct yourself during the year, no matter what your, um, you know, you, you put up your stats. If you got that little asterisk by your name for doing something silly or stupid, if we could put it that way, you know, it's going to affect you come time for voting for all-stars and stuff like that. So, yep. but anyway, I think he's got a thing to think. Did you, know this? Did, you know, did you know this about AC Leonard? He did not speak to media in Saskatchewan all season long, turned it down every time, never spoke to wow. reporters on know that. nothing. You know, the only time he spoke publicly this season was to apologize following that doping yes. infraction yep. or the sample infraction, I guess, providing the sample um, and uh, the disrespect of the, the doping official. So, you know, here's the thing, like if it's the National Hockey League, Chris, yeah. Connor McDavid can't win the Hart Trophy if Leon Dreisaitl is scoring two points a game and leads the league in scoring. Like, right. not everybody can be an all-star. Not everybody can be the most outstanding defensive player. When you yeah. got A.C. Leonard, you got Jagir Davis, you got Jefferson and Jeffcoat, yeah. uh, you got, you know, uh, Jonathan Woodard, you got, um, you know, so many talented defensive linemen in the CFL. Not yeah. everybody can be in, uh, included in that. So uh, I think, you know, the, the voters spoke and when you're part of a truly historic defense here in Winnipeg, yeah, you got to go with the words of Adam Big Hill in training camp back in July. His words, our front seven is scary. And every that single is. team yes. that has played the Blue yeah. Bombers this year, Chris, they yeah. start and finish with how dangerous that front is. And we know how good they are. And the fact that this is a team that gets stronger as the game goes on. I mean, the two right. games against Saskatchewan, 37 to zip. In the second half, combined for both games, they get after you. I do like the fact that you mentioned the other kid by the name of Jonathan Woodward, the other defensive end for Saskatchewan. Good player. These are, they, you know, both these teams have outstanding defensive ends. I think the thing that really gives us the thing is obviously Adam Big Hill in the middle, and we got strength right down the pipe. But I call the pipe the tunnel, the tunnel of terror. I'm just going to make that right now. Tunnel of terror when you got, you know. Uh, Steven Richardson, Jake Thomas, Adam Big Hill, and the, uh, a guy that just knocks you on your can in Brandon Alexander at that safety position. That when you got those guys straight down there, uh, good things happen. And that's this is a, a phenomenal defense. We always say that offense wins games, defense wins championships. And uh, I fully expect the defense to come out roaring tomorrow.
Chris, this is, like, this is my question for you as somebody who was in the trenches for nearly two decades during your Hall of Fame CFL career. There's strategy in football, and then there's a playoff game in nasty weather where it's two heated rivals, you know, biting and clawing at each other all game long. When does it switch from strategy and game planning to just a battle of wills between men? Well, that's a great point. I mean, I think that, you know, when I, I know the one thing about playoffs, it's a one, it's do or die, right? It's one game. And I was listening to Craig Dickinson, the head coach of Saskatchewan. He says, you know, I told the guys that on Wednesday or Thursday was our last practice at their field at Mosaic. And some of the guys were like, yeah, that's right. Cause it hadn't even hit them yet. And they said the same thing. He told the guys, he said, listen, we either go on to Hamilton to practice or we pack our bags and go home. I'm leaving it to you gentlemen to figure out where we go. I think this is going to be a different Saskatchewan team. There, you mentioned they didn't have Duke. Uh, they didn't have Shaq, uh, Shaq Evans. Uh, I think they've got uh, a, a pretty decent offensive line. I know that Brett Boyko does. He's an interesting cat, that guy. Right tackle for Saskatchewan. Yeah. Went down in the NFL for a couple of years. He just basically was a practice roster guy. And then he went to BC and he was a bust. Yeah. And then well, he came home. That whole line was a mess, right? Yeah. And that might have been a combination of a lot of things. But anyway, he started playing guard. Now he's back at tackle where I think the big guy should be. He's going to have his hands full, too, right? I mean, obviously, this is a, he's going against a great defense. But obviously, when I think about it, too, these guys are almost like the bomber offensive line when they practice against, you know, Jeff Cobongo, Cobongo and all those other guys. They practice against AC Leonard and Woodard and all the guys they have there. And they're really high on this other kid. I was watching a special, this Pete Robertson. Uh, the backup defensive end who had just a whale of a game against Calgary. And I was listening to the guy giving a shout-outs to who he thought played very well against Calgary. And they kept talking about number 93, so I'll be watching him tomorrow to see what happens as well. That Calgary-Saskatchewan game, Chris, was frankly a dumpster fire. Yeah, Both of yeah. those teams did everything they could to give the game away, and Saskatchewan yeah. just happened to fall into a victory. I asked Cody Fajardo uh, at walkthrough at IG Field um, about, you know, he, he's been very open through yes. this season especially, but really his whole career. When he plays bad, he'll say, hey, that's on me. That's pretty good leadership for a second-year starter at quarterback in the CFL. Um, but I asked him if he plays his best football maybe with that bad taste in his mouth. I expect Cody Fajardo to have a really good football game. Obviously, ball security will be paramount, huge, especially huge, when huge. it gets cold. And especially when you got Steven Richardson and the long arms of Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat swatting at the ball. And you run an RPO where it's like, am I keeping it? Or am I dishing it off? Yeah. Um, am I passing it? The ball could get you know jumbled out and loose if it gets a little chillier. The hands yes. get a little bit chilly. Yeah. And the ball but, gets a little slippery, yeah. Yeah, but, but Cody Fajardo just talked about being an underdog his whole career. California state champion in high school, zero division one offers uh, coming out of high school, had to really yeah. kind of fight and claw his way and then wait six years in the CFL before starting a game as a professional. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons around him. Sure, they're going up against a very good Blue Bombers defense, but to me, Chris, if the Riders win this game, they need the big boys up front oh, to yeah. battle with their will and outwill the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which will be a tough test. But yeah. Cody Fajardo needs to beat this Blue Bombers defense. That's they, what they, has to happen. Yeah, you know, it all comes down to the battle of the trenches. They've got to win that battle. They have. They did not in the two games previous against the Bombers. 
I think they have an opportunity. I think if they run the football, and I was listening to Matt Dunnigan talk about a preview of the West Final, and I thought he brought up a very interesting point. He said the one team that legitimately beat the Bombers was about the third game of the season when Toronto Argonauts came in, uh, or they went to Toronto and they beat Toronto, or Toronto beat them, excuse me, and they ran the ball down the bomb right through the middle. Now, obviously, I don't believe Stephen Richardson was in at that time, and I'm not saying one guy makes your defense. But having said that, he said, Saskatchewan, you need to take a look at what they did, what they found, because that's what you have to do. you got to look for chinks in the armor. Mm -hmm. There are none in the Bombers, but I remember this. The Bombers were giving up a lot of yards running the football. They're number one against the pass, though. Uh, very tough to throw the ball. They've only given up, what, six passing touchdowns all year. It's incredible. So, I mean... I just think that uh, I think this with, with the new guys they got uh, with Cody Fajardo, who I like him as a person. I mean, they Saskatchewan loves this guy. Um, he is a a guy that really has to be the guy that catalysts the, the the straw that stirs that drink. If he comes out and throws four interceptions, there's not a whale of a chance they're winning this football game. I don't Maybe even know. What are the underdog? How much are the underdog right now? 11 uh, or I six? Think it opened at six. I think it's around eight right now. Who knows by the time kickoff happens? Wow. Could be nine. I mean, that's the thing. But like you said, they like the underdog role. Good for them. But uh, yeah, I, you also know that when you go into a game, and I remember going into games and playoffs thinking we're going to win, and something happens, we don't end up winning. We don't play like we can. And uh, we have, you know, Eastern final against the Baltimore uh, Stallions. Uh, we played them in, at the home here for the East final Golden Cup. We lost, I think, 12-10 or 13-12 or something like that. We did not have our best game. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it just that was a good things. team, though. That, that they were a good team, a good but team. we should have beat them. But anyway, that's, you know, that's water under the bridge. I'm just saying that's an example. But we were ready to play that game. We had a great team. It's just the fact that sometimes things happen. You're right. Baltimore, were they good? Absolutely. Were they coached? Yeah. Don, uh, Don, what's his name? Don Matthews, Matthews. yeah. Uh, just a genius. He was the first guy that did this. No hitting during the week. Uh, practices. A true innovator. A true innovator. Uh, yeah, he I, created I that cover linebacker, that dime back, that strong side yes. linebacker. He created uh, that. Let's get a yeah. big guy off the field, get a speedster, uh, a DB in there, and, uh, you know, opposing offenses are going to have a lot of trouble. Like, a very he, big innovator, and I think it was, was 16, 16 players. The final year of the Baltimore yeah. Stallions or the Baltimore CFLers, whatever they were called, yeah. uh, that final season, the next year, 16 players on that team made the NFL. Oh, yeah. Listen, they were good, and I remember, uh, you know, he also did something, and I believe he started in Baltimore as well, and he was bringing 11 guys. Right. He was bringing everybody and saying, hey, if you can beat us, get the ball away. It's risk versus reward. Yeah, and that's what and Chris Jones did, guys, too. There was yeah. nobody in the center. Guys started running, you know, seam routes on him, and they started beating him, forcing him to go back a little bit. But he was killing offenses with his schemes, you know. He'd yeah. bring them, drop them. He was the first guy, I think, that I saw would do that thing where he'd bring the end two steps up, much like Willie Jefferson, roll him in the flat, and a guy would get, a, you know, a, a, a Anwar Stewart was the guy for uh, Montreal LOS who did that and caught a couple interceptions. So, yeah. And that's our kudos to Don Matthews. I liked him. He was a great coach. Uh, and, you know, he was good for the CFL. No, no question about that. But we will digress. And uh, as we look towards the West final here yes. on Bonfire Sports, um, Chris, the, the, the kicking game is, is the one area, in my opinion, that could be the Achilles heel of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Look, it's playoff football. It's cold. The Blue Bombers' offense is well-rounded and balanced. Yeah. they got the best player in the league uh, right. in MOP frontrunner Zach Kolaris as the trigger man. 
Buck Pierce no doubt has uh, some extra tricks up his sleeve when it comes to the play calling uh, in the West Final. But the reality is, sometimes you're not going to get into the end zone. The Blue Bombers are going to need Sergio Castillo to hit the easy kicks and hit from maybe 40 with the wind from left to right or, you know, into his face. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you see that? the same way I see it, that it could be a weakness of this Blue Bombers club. No, I, you know, I, I don't think so anymore. I wrote a stat down here that the Bombers before Sergio, or, or even with Sergio, were 23 of 37. He's 7 of 9. He kicked, he missed one. He was 3 for 4 last week. Mm-hmm. He's a very confident kicker. I mean, he says he lives in Amarillo, Texas in the offseason. He's, uh, you know, he, uh, he's, he's, this is his first, but you know, I'll give you one point. It's his first professional playoff game. I found that very interesting, you know. Um, so, uh, I but I just think he's he's one of those guys. He said, "I just go through my mechanics and I kick the football." I don't think so. I, as a matter of fact, I think he's going to be fine. The guy that I'm worried about is the guy that punts the ball, because with the wind, the best punter, I mean, seriously, Bob Cameron would drop the ball a different way when kicking into the wind to get distance because if you get that ball, he'll tell you he kicked one super high one time. The wind brought it back and it was like nine yards behind him. So, you know, you can't do that. Now, I'm not kidding. That was the actual kick. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think that uh, Mark DeLeg Legio is going to have to have a, I think he's going to have to have a big game, uh, you know, really get some quality kicks out there, get good coverage. They're going to get against a guy that averaged 39 yards of punt return last week for Saskatchewan in Jamal Morrow, who had a win. And then he had a returned field goal. Uh, and I saw the block. And it was done by the, uh, what's his name, the kid Jeremy Clark, the DB from Saskatchewan. And it was a horrible call. Should never have been a clipping. So he should have had a touchdown on, on the on the missed field goal. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and they didn't challenge it. And he actually was on, I was listening to uh, the coach talking, and he said they went to the official after. He said, if you would have challenged it, you probably would have won. So it just goes to tell you, right? It's crazy. Those little, like, I, I can't remember. I think it was Cal said, the game is decided by five plays. Right. Right? And then you got to make sure you control the ball. And if you're going to lose the turnover battle, it's over. So they got to win a turnover battle. So I, anyway, this, I always get jacked about football, but I always get more jacked playoffs and I always get even more jacked when it's Saskatchewan because I love this rivalry. No, no question. And there's going to be 30,000 plus there. And the Blue Bombers have even stated that they haven't sold a ton of tickets to Rough Rider fans. It's been yeah. Manitobans that are going to pack the stands for the West final. I think that's a great thing. Um, now, This Blue Bombers team, Chris, they are built extremely impressively. And, you know, to beat this team, to your point about Cal and and the five plays, and of course turnovers will factor in. um, I was a little bit surprised to hear Rough Riders head coach Craig Dickinson speak to the media here in Winnipeg and say, you know, it's almost polar opposite of the way Mike O'Shea speaks. He said, hey, you know, we know we're probably outmatched. We yep. know it, it's going to be tough. He essentially admitted that they need a break to go their way. They need a play or a big play to go their way. Yeah. If Winnipeg just plays clean, smart football, they should win this game. That's why the point spread is what it is. That's why the Blue Bombers are heavy favorites. Um, if you were suiting up against this Blue Bombers team, Chris, as a veteran, what would your message be to the guys when, you know, you got the cards stacked against you. They love that. Everybody loves that. Because it's 60 minutes. It's 60 plays. We used to say, run 15 plays a quarter offensively. That's, you know, basically 60 in a game. 
Just take care of those plays every quarter. Make sure that you take that next play and make that your best play. That was the mentality. They're not going and going, and I know, it's almost like I was reading some of the comments coming out of Regina today. And they were like, oh, they're just setting up for the excuses for if they lose. Or, you know, we have, and, but you're right, because O'Shea and Craig Dickinson do not address the media the same way. Polar opposite. I saw, I saw today they're asking about, no, I don't want to get into the personnel. Where Craig Dickinson talks, yeah, Duke Williams got a toe. He couldn't work last week. He had to walk up field. Ace, he's got a hip. He's 50-50. If these and guys are you, out, these guys are in. Yeah, like- yeah. Pure and we got, we said, don't worry. He said, we'll get 45 guys on the roster. That's, I mean, yeah. you just got to love the way the guy works, right? So yeah. um, I guarantee this team is sticking not only from the two games they played earlier in the year. And I mentioned already that there's, you know, eight different guys on defense that weren't in that last game. But I think the fact is they were one play away from going to the cup in 2019. Remember, we watched that game. You and I were doing it. And for TSN and Fajardo hit the uprights with a wide open uh, Keenan Moore in the end zone. Yeah. How, I mean, that's just karma, buddy. And you know, yeah, they no, know that. that's what runs through a quarterback's mind over and over and oh, over sure. again when, you know, his head hits the pillow at night. And he even talked about it at his media availability in Winnipeg, Chris. Cody Fajardo, um, you know, it's almost like he uses that to motivate himself. Yes. He uses those poor yeah. performances, those bounces that don't go his way uh, to motivate him. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, plain and simple, are going to need a break or four in order to beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the West Final. Uh, you know, you mentioned the loss in Toronto a few minutes ago. Yeah. To me, Chris, that loss in Toronto was the best thing that happened to this Blue Bombers team. Sure, they lost to Montreal and Calgary to finish the regular yeah, season. We didn't have their but roster, yeah. reality speaking is yeah. this Blue Bombers team lost one game. They went into Toronto. Yes. Toronto did not back down. They said, we are going to punch you in the mouth, run it right down the gut. And they did. And they won. And it was a close game. Yeah. But, you know, the Toronto Argonauts got the best of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It'll be interesting to see if it's the Boatmen and the Blue and Gold in the 108th Grey Cup because well, those storylines will be revisited. But my point is, that was a very good thing for the Blue Bombers to experience early in the year. When they were going up against Saskatchewan, the conversation was, whoever wins this season series is probably going to win the division and have that game at home in a cold playoff atmosphere. And what happened? Winnipeg punched Saskatchewan in the mouth and didn't let up in the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl, they beat them up and down the field. We shouldn't forget how dominant those Blue Bombers' wins were over Saskatchewan in September. Well, I agree. I mean, they, they were basically out-schemed. And uh, listening to Jason Moss, the offensive coordinator for Saskatchewan today, um, all he, he was, I don't know, it's almost like they're doing this reverse psychology game. All he talked about was how good the Bombers were. You know, he didn't talk about his game plan, what he thought he had to do. He was just like, you know, yeah, we have to, we know we have to run the ball in bad weather. But those bombers, that defense, my God, those ends, you know, it was just, oh my God. It was, I almost got, I had to go get some shots. I thought I was getting diabetes. So much sugar coming through the camera. But <laughs> that's an I interesting just, perspective that maybe it's some reverse psychology. It, that's, that's the only I, way you're going to get into the blue bombers' heads. Well, they love playing the underdog. And that's what I guarantee they're saying. You know, he said he's telling him how important, and that's Dickinson telling him how important this game is. And you don't, you don't have to tell players this. When you go to that, it's a di- different feel when you go to the room tomorrow. Because you're looking around and you're saying, yeah, we're supposed to win if I'm Winnipeg. But having said that, if we don't win today, we pack our garbage bags tomorrow. 
That's the mentality you have to have, and it's there. Every player knows it, and that's the thing that elevates the game because every mistake now puts a different value on that game. It could be a huge mistake that ends up costing you, where it's a regular season, you lose the game, yeah, you go to practice next week and you're still playing. Right. This is where they become more important. Well, I think that was interesting when, when you mentioned Saskatchewan saying this is our last practice in Regina yeah. because yeah. you know you either go to Hamilton for the Grey Cup or – you go home for the Blue Bombers, uh, it would be, well, for either team, it would be a quick turnaround to go meet the winner of Hamilton and Toronto. I want to get your thoughts, Chris, on uh, the Ticats and the Argos and who might come out in that game, a game that, according to the odds makers, is a much closer one to call. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at it, right? I mean, Toronto beat them three games to one uh, during the four games they met this year. Having said that, they have that uh, huge debacle right now with McLeod, uh, Bethel Thompson, and the oh. Raptors game and the COVID situation. And, you know, why is he only getting two days when before, you know, guys were Stafford was getting a week and he couldn't play in the game. And uh, now they're saying, the league saying, well, no, the protocol is different now because more majority of the players are vaccinated now. So it's not a, it's a huge an issue. He has to get tested before he goes. All of, all of that is a huge can of worms, right? Well, that, like we, but, we could do an hour on that ourselves. Oh, but here's the thing. Yeah. I don't want to get into that, but I'll tell you what I, what I, I find you. So your quarterback is not running the offense till game time. He's on zoom calls now. Yeah. But so Pipkin's getting a lot of reps in Toronto. Toronto's got a good defense, man. I like their defense. Mwamba. Sean and Oakman. John Oakman, of course. They have a good team, and I think, yeah. and that's why I'm, I'm looking at Hamilton. If Toronto, and I watched Hamilton's defensive line just beat up on Montreal's O-line, but having said that, I don't think Toronto's O-line is as bad as Montreal's. I think Toronto has a great chance to win this football game. I don't really know who I want. I'm actually kind of hoping for pinball in, the, in, the, in Toronto. I think it would be a great game. But then again, part of me, uh, from the romantic side of me, would love to see the rematch, Hamilton and Winnipeg, you know, assuming we yeah. take care of our business here. But well, you're right. You imagine, I, imagine those storylines in Hamilton. The oh, game God. I, in yeah. Hamilton, Hamilton in the game, trying to get redemption for being the favorite in the 107th Grey Cup and yeah. losing handily to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Like, that would be really something. The way I see it, Chris, I agree with you. Yeah. Montreal's offensive line, probably much more suspect than yes. Toronto's. Jagira Davis was an absolute monster oh, yeah, in Jill the win, uh, yeah. East yeah. semifinal. He was so good. Um, yeah. You know, Jeremiah Mazzoli, I think, will See, probably pay better than he did a few weeks ago when Hamilton uh, lost to Toronto. And, he, but, and remember that. He's been playing pretty good lately, and he never played last year. It was Dane Evans. Right. They've got a two-headed monster at quarterback if, if Mazzoli struggles, but he hasn't. He's had that one bad game. Uh, as you mentioned, I think they got smoked by Saskatchewan. I don't remember. But anyway, they had a bad game. I think he could be, when I'm looking at that, it, to me, it's about it's always about the quarterbacks anyway. But I think Mazzoli is really going to be the guy. Can he compete with, and you know that's going to be McLeod Bethel-Thompson. He's going to be there anyway. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I looked at what these guys have done and, and how they played. The thing you got to take into consideration again is discipline. Huge. Saskatchewan is... The most penalized team uh, used to be Montreal. Now, and I know Kahari Jones just got an earful from Danny Machocho, the GM, saying, yeah. "You know, you're not. We're not saying you're coming back. We're not saying you're not. But this he's team not. needs to be. A, he's too nice. I love Kahari. Great guy, but he's too nice. You got to start setting the standard and say, hey, you know what? We're hitching a pocketbook where it hurts. Uh, so that's just my rant on that. But having, you know, I'm just thinking right now, um, penalties. When I look at Saskatchewan and they. 
you know, they're number nine. They're taking 148 penalties over 1,200 yards. And then you look conversely, Bombers, number one, least amount of penalties. That comes into play. Penalties. You get a big play, and all of a sudden you get a hold, and you get a big play, you get a blocker from behind. You know, it's just crazy. So, uh, you know, Dickinson, if I'm him, I'm talking to those players and say, guys, play smart. You know, you got to. And, and, and think about it now. If the field gets slippery with the snow coming down, and you're trying to get a position on a guy to block, say, on a special team's return, sometimes you just end up hitting the guy in the back, and, boy, that could be costly. And they always say, if you can't hit him, leave him. That was the old montage, you know. I don't know if that's a word, but that's, I'm starting to get Wolbyisms again. Make my own old collaborator up again. It's playoff time, Chris. Uh, yeah, that, I know. You know. That's what everybody uh, pays to uh, to hear from you. Um, ah, well. You, you know, you mentioned something, and I, I wanted to remember to mention it. When it comes to the field conditions here in Winnipeg, I've been watching closely for two weeks. Wade Miller has effectively put an army to work to yes. clear the snow and ice and everything that's built up around IG Field. The, the building, the fan experience, it's all going to be in tip-top shape. Yeah. Uh, and the field... Because if you've been here in southern Manitoba, the snow has come, it's frozen, it's melted, it's frozen, it's 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 wrecked, it's wreaked havoc yes. on a lot. Every day I've gone to IG Field for two weeks, the field looks perfect. They yeah. have kept it pristine. It is not going to be frozen. It is not going to be wet. It is not going to be well, icy. Well, I get carried away. Look, the snow could fall. Yeah. But it would be worse if this was a frozen field oh, for, sure. for a week. For sure. It's been good for But they've had good now. because we've had above average weather, too. We've had beautiful weather. Right. Now, you talked about that. If it gets snow and we get the heavy, as you say, 50 to 70K winds coming from the north, well, that snow can get pretty, uh, you know, pretty hard. Uh, pretty quickly. So I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, an inch below the surface, it's not going to be rock solid. No, no, like it no. Could have no, been I, if, no, I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. It's better than it could be for sure. Yeah. And I think you're right. Kudos to Wade Miller for doing that. I know that you always want to take that aspect out of the game, right? Don't yeah. make the field conditions control your game, because no, you know no, the sure. Bombers. I can tell you right now, they're going to come out and pound the heck out of the football. Yeah. Whether it's, it's Harris, be, it, whether it's, it's Augustine, and yeah. you better get used to seeing Augustine because I tell you right now. He ain't going to be here next year. Oh, you think what big big free agent deal? I think he's going to be gone. I just think he's too good to be a backup. And I think unless something happens with Andrew Harris or something like that, uh, there's going to be teams. He's from Ontario. Uh, I can see Toronto, Hamilton, somebody going out and saying, "Hey, we'll pay a yeah. load of money." This guy is—he should be a starting running back. I—I I, I feel that strongly after watching him run the football. Yeah, so, no, you won't get an argument from me. He just finishes runs. He runs the right way. And while he yeah. might not have the same physical skills of an Andrew Harris or a Brady Oliveira, he plays like he does. Yeah. Um, should work to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' advantage. Chris, the Western Final is going to be, no doubt, an electric atmosphere, prairie rivalry, uh, near-capacity crowd expected. Yeah. It's going to be a special day. But we would be remiss if we didn't mention how special this game is going to be for the new Ring of Honor inductee yes, yes, for the Winnipeg yes. Blue Bombers. Bob Irving, the legendary broadcaster yes. on 680 CJOB, calling his final game after an illustrious 
career. His name will go up very close to yours, Chris, uh, on the Ring of Honor and across from the Bob Irving Media Center in the Two Jacks press box. Um, a special day for that as well. I'm going to be listening closely pregame and postgame. Yes. Bob is somebody who I have looked up to my entire life. When I'm a kid, yep. uh, listening to those games, going to those games, driving there, and, and listening to that iconic voice talk Blue Bombers football, you can't help but hear that voice. And like even today, it, it kind of gives me yep. you know, the, the, this weird feeling because I, I go to work every day and it's ho-hum. It's your day job. It's yep. been mine for, for 10 years. To hear Bob's voice, he could be saying anything. It reminds you, it makes you feel Winnipeg Blue Bombers football. And, you know, uh, stating the obvious here, he is going to be beyond missed uh, in this community. But uh, no doubt will still be around and active and, uh, you know, uh, definitely still involved in a lot of things. Well, well deserved retirement. After 47 years covering the Bombers, he's done it. I mean, you're right, you hit it on the head. I used to listen to him. And I, I mean, I could be in any room in the house and I, I wouldn't even know what I'm listening, but I hear his voice, I knew where yeah. I am. And he brings that, uh, you know, he bring, he's got a, a very unique way of talking. It's almost like you're sitting across from the table and he's talking to you over a cold one. And that's what I like. I've had the opportunity to share a couple cold ones with him uh, during the years. And I don't think you'll, you know what he is? He is the Kenny Plain uh, of broadcasting. And I use mm -hmm. Kenny Plain because Kenny Plain was a guy that I always want to emulate as he's just a great ambassador for the CFL, for the league, for Winnipeg. Uh, just a pure gentleman, and that's what you know. That's what uh, uh, Bob Knuckles reminds me of. He's just always got time for you, always happy to see you. Um, yeah, I'll be talking about him tomorrow on my little pregame uh, on the Jumbotron. I'll definitely be mentioning him. Uh, just uh, you know, and actually, hey, I got to pump a little uh, air up your backside here. Uh, you're uh, getting some mentions here a lot. I was reading a lot about the guys saying, "Who would you like to see?" And you know, they're all going. No, I, no. I tell you right now, I probably saw twenty of them come up on. On uh, Twitter, what about that Darren bombing guy? Well, no, look, I'll, I'll cut you off there, Chris. We're tired um, of having Kerry Walby all the time. No, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm carrying Chris Walby. No, I don't think so. But, well, I know, way um, too much. Th this is the thing. I don't envy whomever is going yes. to be calling Blue Bombers well, games terrible, yeah. moving yeah. forward because those are shoes that will never be filled. The thing that's always stood out to me about Bob Irving and his call is that he calls the game, kind of to your point about like across – the yep. table, just having yep. a conversation. Nobody calls a game like him. His delivery, his voice, that's one thing. But what he says and how he says it, the way he communicates, yep. his cadence in it all, it's truly unique. And that oh, yeah. is so rare in today's day and age where everybody wants to sound like Al Michaels or everybody wants yep. to sound, um, you know, like these guys on, on the, the big American networks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bob became a legend from small town Saskatchewan to yeah. here in Winnipeg. Yeah, you know, an, an amazing thing to me, Chris, is the first game he ever called was a Winnipeg Blue Bombers game. The first football game he ever called was a Blue Bombers game. So he learned yeah. on his feet. And uh, I think it shows in a, a truly special, unique, and one-of-a-kind play-by-play um, -play call that um, you know will, will never, ever be replaced. No, honey, it's funny you say that, and I know you're being modest to yourself, and I appreciate that. Uh, but you're right. I, I will say this. The guy that has to follow in those footsteps, it's he's you know what? It's almost like it's a no-win situation, right, because you're always going to be compared. Right. I listened to a Hal Anderson show. I think it might have been middle of the week, uh, this past week, and they had uh, an hour, and it was all about Bob. 
And people were calling in and, you know, Hal Anderson does such a great job. He's, he's having to be polite because guys want to tell a story and they want to talk for 20 minutes. He's like, okay, get to your point, caller, get to your point. But all of it was a showering of love for Bob Irving. And I know Bob, if you know Bob and we know Bob, we're lucky enough to be fortunate to know him. You know, he's a modest guy. He's humble. Yes. He's not one of these guys that's walking around saying, hey, tell me how good I am. You know, pop me in the back. You know, pop me up. I don't need that. He doesn't want to hear it. And he doesn't want it. I think he's happy that he and him and his wife, Dare are going to go spend a lot more time with the grandkids. They're going to be at the cabin, golfing, and all the stuff he loves. Yeah. Lots more travel he's looking well, for. Well, he wants to do travel. And listen, yeah. he's not he's not a spring chicken either right now. You know what I mean? He's getting up there. And he's the first one to say, listen, I've had some health issues in the past. You know, as much as I'm going to miss it, I'm going to relish having a different a summer. Yeah, because you and I know you and you listen. You, you're at the stadium every day, every day, and that's uh, that's a sacrifice. And he think about that. So you've been doing it five, six years, well, or even none, no, none, of, none yeah. of us would none of us would trade it for the world. No, like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. If I got to miss Manitoba summer because I got to work more than they yeah. say in the winter, yeah, it's worth it to me. Well, I know. Um, and you think about him though, forty-seven years of doing this. Yeah, yeah. And you've been doing it probably ten now because we work six years TSN. Seven, I don't know. How well, you I remember probably... Westy, you know, like when we were doing uh, Blue and Gold Game Day on, on TSN Radio, that yeah. Westy would say, well, you know, he went from playing right into broadcasting, and yeah. like he still never had a summer. So, you know, we wish uh, Bob oh, health, happiness, absolutely. longevity, yes. and, uh, you know, just a, a fantastic, well-deserved retirement. You know, being such a humble guy and, and not wanting that praise, um, it's funny how life works sometimes. I'm still a relatively young man, Chris, but a little yeah. piece of wisdom I picked up uh, is that, you know, you don't always get what you expect in life. And for Bob, my wish for him is that he begins to enjoy the stories being told to him after yes. five decades of telling the Blue Bombers stories to all of us. So an opportunity for him to, you know, maybe uh, hear some stories uh, instead he, of, you know, being the one to tell them. I think that it would be a phenomenal idea of somebody out there uh, some sort of an author, and I know a couple guys, and you know that they would write a book mm-hmm. about the adventures of Bob Knuckles Irving because I guarantee he's got. You know, he, this is a guy that worked with Cactus Jack Wells. He worked with Don Whitman. He's worked with a ton of, you know, uh, Brian Williams, who just retired the other yeah. day too. I mean, I got a chance with him, right? From CBC, uh, well, you know, good so, times and bad, right? Like your yeah. trio of Grey Cup championships yeah. to those, you know, really down years in, yeah. in the '90s and 2000s, and and you know, late 20, 2010s, uh, to you know, again a crescendo to maybe the best Winnipeg Blue Bombers team we've seen in a generation for his final game on Sunday. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be, I, you know, I can't even, and I won't even justify by saying I just don't understand how it would feel. I mean, he knows going into that booth tomorrow to call that game after he's getting you know honored at the ring of honor that this is it yeah you almost wonder if there's going to be some tear shed he's had a great run with all the guys he's worked from joe pop to uh you know dougie brown who does it now you know it's to me it's just one of those things where i i'm i'm really that's why i say i want a sold out crowd to give bob the and that's not even you, you know you it's hard to give a guy that kind of acknowledgement in one day Right. 47 and wrapped into one day, yeah. you know, he'll go. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't even know if he's in the bomber hall of fame. Uh, I know he's in the media hall of fame. Yeah. Well, he's been selecting who goes in the blue bombers hall of fame for so many years. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll be him. You know, when they have that dinner next year, they all, cause we didn't have it this year. Right. They always have the bomber dinner in September. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing they do at a Bob Irving special night, you know, uh, I'm sure the bombers are, and I know this, but 
you know the bombers, you know, he loves going on cruises. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm I'm thinking the bombers, if they're doing something really special, you know, they give him a ticket to anywhere he wants to go, right? Uh, here's a trip for you and your wife, your grandkids, whatever. Go on a cruise, you know, go, you know. Hopefully when the situation with the health gets better for everybody, you know, you get to go enjoy something. But anyway, that's, uh, you know, I, I thank you for doing that, uh, DB, because I think it was, it, this broadcast wouldn't be right if we did not acknowledge the man, the legend in Bob. No, no question. Hearty congratulations. All Amen. of the praise is deserved uh, to an absolute class act in Bob. You know, uh, last thought for me, Chris, is that, you know, for the first eight, nine, ten years of my career uh, in journalism and broadcasting and, and sports broadcasting, I was Bob Irving's competition from a competing radio station this year you know bob and i had some fantastic conversations um you know i can speak firsthand uh he is a first class man and uh you know somebody who um you know we look forward to still seeing a ton of but uh, man he's going to be missed you're right chris the things we do on bonfire sports or on tsn radio or or cfl.ca or wherever it might be we do it because of the trailblazers like Bob Irving. So Amen. big Amen. tip of the well, hat uh, and, well, and uh, looking well forward said. to his call on Sunday. Yeah, well said, man. So all you people out there watching this show, and thank you for watching this one, uh, you know, basically get your radios out. And I heard there's, uh, I think it was Hal Anderson who said that uh, there's been a recent buy-up of all transistor radios. Guys are bringing the to the game so they can actually listen to Bob's call while they're at the stadium, which I think is Live. just ultimately the yes. coolest thing. Because if you're listening on your phone, it's going to be like 20, 30 second delay, right? You got to yeah. listen on like a real radio. handheld. So some radio. guys are buying up all these old hand, you know, transistor radios now getting into the AM dial. You know, basically, here you go, Bob. And I, I wish that, you know, they'd all hand them up and hold them up in the, in the stadium. And we just have a big cheer about that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Well, like I got my radio... What happened to it? I had my radio here, and you can see it's an old, old dial radio. I always have it on 680. So when I yeah. know the coach's show is on or whatever, I flick it on and uh, can listen to Bob's dulcet tones uh, call a football game. Uh, Chris, uh, well, I think we can just leave it there because, uh, you yeah. know, uh, th- this game it means a lot to a lot of people. It means a lot to Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving and all those players on the field and everybody in the Blue Bombers organization to you, to me, and all the fans out yeah. there. Uh I'm looking forward to doing this again next week following, assumedly, a Blue Bombers victory. I try to be impartial, uh, but, you know, uh, really expecting Winnipeg to beat Saskatchewan in the Western Final. So, um, you know, a reminder to everybody out there, be sure to like and subscribe. Ring the bell. This is what's key. If you're on YouTube right now, ring the little bell icon. We're going to be at Grey Cup, me and Nick Kowalski, all week long. We're going to be in Hamilton boots on the ground. Chris, you're going to join us as well. I have no doubt we're going to get you involved. Uh, When we have new content up, you will get an alert on your phone. You just tap it. Boom. You got Bonfire Sports uh, right in the palm of your hand. Available on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll have all that up uh, as well. But uh, you got a score prediction, Chris, as uh, we head out, or do you want to hit your keys to the game? I didn't even ask you for your keys. No, I'm just showing this out here, man. Bon, where are you? Right here. Bonfire Sports. Careful, my phone number's on that. Yeah, if you, if you get a chance, when you run into Darren, you get these, get the card off him. I got a few, and you actually just put your phone on camera. I learned this yesterday. I'm not the most technically gifted guy, and it goes right to the website. The so QR it's pretty code. cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, get that done. My keys, buddy, are, are simple, buddy. Number one, obviously, just protect the football. The weather is going to be. Don't let the weather dictate the game. Defense, you got to. I'm just going to go this. 
Keep Fajardo in the pocket. Don't let him beat you with his legs. And a special teams, listen, this is one of those games you really got to have a great job containing that uh, Jamal Morrow for Saskatchewan. And we got Janarian Grant back, which I think will be a big bonus for us. Hopefully Sergio kicks the heck out of the pigskin and we come away with this and they celebrate. And listen, I really do believe that we should be favored. We should win. And I pray to God we do. But that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being a home run now because I want the boys, this is my blood there. I want them to go. We love your keys to the game here on Bonfire Sports. Chris, as I tend to do, I'll add one thought to your keys to the game. Sure. In my mind, the winner of this football game will be the team that is right between the ears. Whoever yes. has the mental approach the right way is going to win this game. Cold I agree. weather, playoffs on the line, win or go home, prairie rivalry, Two very talented teams. You can almost throw that all out the window. If you want this game and you play it the right way, that's what's going to win. That's what's going to punch your ticket to the 108th Grey Cup. I'll just say one more thing. This defense the Bombers have, I went and said, how do they do at home? Well, they're 7-0 and at home. Haven't lost a home game. Their defense has only given up 8.8 points a game at home. That's incredible. And we know what they've done in the second half, right? So... This is going to be a fantastic game, and I really hope that all the people out there, 30,000-plus, get to enjoy this because this is a team that I believe is a legacy. I think they have from 2019. You think of all the garbage we went through in 2020 with no league to come back to, to keep a lot of the veterans you brought and bring new guys in here, these young kids like uh, Dietrich Nichols and, and DeAndre Alford and all these other guys that have made major impacts in here. Um Kudos to the Bombers, and uh, I, I just don't want to see it end on a sour note tomorrow. No, I'm glad you mentioned DeAndre Alford. If you haven't yet, click over on YouTube or on your podcast app, my one-on-one -on -one conversation with the Blue Bombers' most outstanding rookie in 2021. He's really gone from uh, small yeah. school to an illustrious stage here in the Canadian Football League. Thanks for this, Chris. Enjoy Thank the game. Deep. We're going to see you at IG Field on the yes. Jumbotron. You betcha. Looking good, by the way, buddy. Looking really nice with uh, that B hat on. Yeah, I like that, man. Like I said, it was really nice to meet that guy in the McDonald's parking lot. Uh, so it was just very special. <laughs> Very covert. He just kind of snuck in my truck. I mean, I, he didn't I, even I, buy you a coffee at McDonald's. Uh, I actually guess, did you see where I went, right? I had to get something to eat. I had to pick up my wife getting a tattoo. She's very happy with it, by the way. Got her dog's name on her ankle. So our pet, nice our, little uh, Christmas uh, present for her. That's nice. Yeah, she liked it. So, you know, I went to McDonald's and I met you there. And then I went through <laughs> and I said, I got to buy something. But I got to say this. What's going on with the price of hamburgers? What is going on, man? I bought a hamburger and a McChicken and it was like 12 bucks. And they wouldn't let me pay with empties. So I don't oh. know what's going on. Man, oh man, that's what was in the back of your truck. I was wondering was what just that smell was. Oh, you loved it, man. You were trying <laughs> to beat your up. All right, buddy. God bless, man. Yep. We'll talk Enjoy to you soon, Bob. Game.